0: Carol Gold.
1: Hi, it's Monday, September 12th. I'm Carol Gold and welcome to Think for Yourself. I'm sure I'm like you in the sense that I look for inspiration, I look for positive messages, I look for ways to uplift myself in the midst of all of the chaos and the negativity and the misinformation and the disinformation that's all around us. But I have places that I go routinely for that upliftment, for that inspiration. And so I wanted to do this episode around some quotes that are from a particular individual because I find those quotes to be very poignant and timely for what we're going through now. And they actually, I believe, also include some of the remedies for how we get through where we are now but I'm not gonna tell you who the quotes are from until the end of the episode because I'm gonna give you those quotes and then I'm gonna relate them to exactly what's happening now and how it bears on what's happening now. So let me start with the first one. The government is the strongest of which every man feels himself a part. Well, we're living in a time when the government makes 73 million people feel that they are not a part of the government. So we're living through a time when that wisdom or that observation, and I do think it's wisdom, doesn't apply because MAGA Republicans are a threat to our national security, or that's what we hear Parents who simply want to know what their children are being taught and have a say in what their children are being taught are harassed by the government, are harassed by the DOJ and labeled as domestic terrorists. The next quote follows this beautifully, which is this, the Patriot like the Christian must learn to bear the revilings and the persecution, which is part of his duty. And in proportion, as the trial is severe, firmness under it becomes more requisite and praiseworthy. The Patriot is the object of derision, is the object of harassment, is the object of what is being called everything is wrong with the country because of the Patriot. People who are constitutionalists, people who believe in a democratic republic, People who believe in free market enterprise, how can those people be the cause of what's wrong? Aren't they the foundation of what's right? And so the more patriotic you are, that quote is saying, the more you have to bear the revilings and the persecutions. It's part of your duty. And the more it happens, the more firm you have to become under it all. The next quote, I'm not among those who fear the people. They, not the rich, are our dependents for continued freedom. Well, here we go. We're living in an opposite time. Government, technocrats, the Bezos's, the Zuckerberg's, the Obama's, the Soruses, the Googles, the CEOs of Google and other companies that are mega tech companies or mega industry companies They are the people who are never going to assure our freedom because they're the people who need to have control in order to either A, retain power, or B, make more profit. So the individual that I'm quoting was saying that I'm not among those who fear the people, they not the rich, right? They not the rich, the people, we the people. The next quote There is a natural aristocracy among men. The grounds of this are virtue and talent. There's also an artificial aristocracy founded on wealth and birth without either virtue or talent. The artificial aristocracy is a mischievous ingredient in government and provision should be made to prevent its ascendancy. Well, aren't we living through that? Aren't we living through an artificial aristocracy founded on wealth and birth? The Bushes, the Clintons, the Kennedys, the Sununus, all of those people who go to Harvard or other Ivy League schools because their parents went there and their parents have contributed mega fortunes so that their children and their children can go there. Hunter Biden, Jeffrey Epstein, people who are connected, people who are there either because of wealth or because of birth, are the artificial aristocracy. The real aristocracy, the people who have virtue, the people who have talent, are struggling because we're not living in a time that values either one of those. We're living in a time that is obsessed with power and profit. The next quote, a wise and frugal government, which shall restrain men from injuring one another shall leave them otherwise free to regulate their own pursuits of industry and improvement and shall not take from the mouth of labor, the bread it has earned. Well, what comes to mind taxes, right? The federal government, as it grows and grows and becomes even more of a behemoth than it already is, because it doesn't sell a product and it doesn't really provide a service, it can only gain its riches by continuing to tax or, in the instant case, by unbridled inflation, which is the same thing as a tax to a working person, to someone to whom it matters how much bread costs, how much fuel costs, how much housing costs, how much electricity costs. The monetary and fiscal policy that is crushing the average person, it's not crushing the artificial aristocracy. They're doing just fine. The next quote, I think myself That we have more machinery of government than is necessary. Too many parasites living on the labor of the industrious. Well, that sums up what I just said also. We have these parasites in government who they live off of the rest of us because they take our money from taxes, whether it's income taxes or it's real estate tax, whether it's school tax, whether it's local tax, state tax, federal tax, all of it. It just sucks the life out of industrious people, the people who are doing the labor, the pork legislation that enriches each individual senator and the representatives in Congress and the politicians at all levels the patronage jobs that they give out so that they have the infrastructure under them, the human infrastructure to keep them in power, to keep them in place, to keep people indebted to them for the jobs that they have. The next quote, the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. Well, there's the bloated federal bureaucracy, there's COVID, and the Liberty lost, right? For Liberty to yield is the natural flow of things. We lost Liberty in COVID. We have government pressuring Visa and MasterCard and Amex to flag gun sales and ammo sales. How are they doing it? Because they can't pass gun legislation? Well, they're developing a separate coding for purchases of guns and ammo. That's a first step, the separate coding. The next step will be able to actually track individual ownership based upon those purchases. And so yes, we are living through liberty yielding as government gains ground. Next, I never believed there was a code of morality for a public man and another for a private man. When I read that, I thought about Bill Clinton. I thought about his public persona and then what a sleaze he was as a private person, meaning in the privacy of the Oval Office when nobody was looking, when he could perform obscene sex acts with an intern. I thought about the hypocrisy of all these people who are in public service, who privately live a very different life. But also because there's another aspect to that where there's a code of morality for a public man and another for a private man Why do we continue to allow, by continuing to re-elect, corrupt politicians to remain in office? Why do we do that? Why do we have a different code of ethics and a different code of morality for them than we would hold people to who were close to us, with whom we had relationship? We would never tolerate some of what we learn they do, and yet we send them back to Congress in addressing how we prevent the wrongs of other nations from affecting us. Here's the quote, weakness provokes insult and injury while a condition of punishment often prevents it. That's a strong national defense. That's Trump and what we had under Trump. Look how nothing happened on his watch and on Biden's watch on a weak defense. A shameful withdrawal from Afghanistan, running with our tail between our legs and people dying as a result of that cowardice. The Iran deal, going back to Iran, whose mission is to destroy us, the evil Satan, and giving them more billions on top of what we've already given them. North Korea, building its nuclear arsenal and saying it will soon test nuclear weapons. Putin in Ukraine, the money that we're sending to Ukraine, knowing it's like the most corrupt, what we call it, the bread basket of the world, it's like moldy bread. It's so corrupt in Ukraine, yet we keep sending billions of dollars. Why? It's weakness on this administration's part. The next quote, for people who are free and who mean to remain so, a well-organized and armed militia is their best security. And if you think right away that the argument that a militia was meant to be a standing army that was separate from the citizenry at the time that that was occurring, listen to the next quote by the same individual. Every citizen should be a soldier. This was the case with the Greeks, the Romans, and must be that of every free state. That's the Second Amendment which now the Biden administration is attempting to end run an actual constitutional amendment by forcing Amex and MasterCard and Visa to track purchases of guns and ammo. They're going down that road eventually. They are going to try to seize weapons. The next quote, men by their constitutions are naturally divided into two parties. Those who fear and distrust the people and wish to draw all powers from them into the hands of the higher classes. And two, those who identify themselves with the people, have confidence in them, cherish and consider them as the most honest and safe, although not the most wise, depository of the public interests. Well, those who fear the people? How about censorship? How about the Biden administration and the CDC colluding with Twitter to censor COVID information in order to fit the narrative they've been selling about what works and what doesn't work, about what lockdowns do and don't do, about what masks do and don't do. That's a story that just broke. Why? Because of a freedom of information request that was given, and the response indicates emails and texts between Twitter and the CDC and people in the administration telling Twitter what they could and could not put out and who they should deplatform and who they should censor. And it wasn't just to Twitter, it was to all social media. People who fear the people. Those people who fear the people are the people who are currently in power. So, how do we accomplish? Changing where we are. How do we accomplish reversing this runaway train? Well, there's a quote for that too. The example we have given the world is single that of changing the form of government under the authority of reason only without bloodshed. So, all of this talk about civil war, about we're headed for a civil war, no that's bloody. That's not how we do it. That's not who we are. We have two means of, well, we have three actually of making it happen. One is we vote. We vote. And I know I'm included in this. I know there are many people out there who think that the voting system is corrupt, but I tell you that if enough people overwhelm the polls in the November midterms, If enough people come out, as have never come out, certainly in my lifetime, and certainly not at a midterm, which is generally a much lower turnout, if enough people come out, if the lines are long enough, if the physical presence is undeniable, they will not get away with stealing anything. They may get away with manipulating some votes, but the intention of the people, the will of the people the will of we, the people, will be indisputable and unable to be manipulated and unable to be masked and unable to be denied. So voting, yes. But also the Convention of States, I've mentioned it before on this podcast. If you don't know about it, go to conventionofstates.com. There is in the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution a means for us to do exactly what we need to do now, which is to hold a Convention of States. There's a certain requisite number that we need to even call the convention, and then there's a certain number of requisite votes that we need, meaning state votes, to pass amendments at the, Const- at the Constitutional Convention, the Convention of the States, rather. The issues that are on the ballot for the Convention of States, when once we get to the threshold amount that we need to call the Convention are, among other things, term limits for these politicians so that nobody spends 40 years, 45 years in Washington, D.C., growing fat and rich and lazy and not working for the people who sent them there. All of these quotes have been from Thomas Jefferson. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. He was the second vice president of the United States and he was the third president of the United States. Jefferson had wisdom, and his wisdom is applicable today because wisdom is like that. It transcends time. Wisdom is that which is always true in relationship to humanity, in relationship to who we are and who we aspire to be, to our higher selves. But he also had some things to say about himself, And I would tell you that what he had to say about himself is really something every single one of us should aspire to. I'm going to give you three of them. The first one is, neither believe nor reject anything because any other persons or descriptions of persons have rejected or believed it. Your own reason is the only oracle given you by heaven. I often say, and I have in my book, The Questions God Will Ask Prepping for the Final Exam, that knowing is different than believing or having faith. Knowing is what you can claim from personal experience. Because if you believe something, you might be relying on someone else's facts. If you have faith... You're relying on that which you can't see, but in your heart of hearts, you not only hope, but you similarly believe is true. But when you know something, there's a certainty around that. And the things you can know for certain are the things you've experienced yourself and the ideas that you've drawn from those experiences. The second thing he said is, I am a sect unto myself as far as I know. Each one of us should be. We should see ourselves as individuals within a larger context, but never give up that individuality and never give up the natural rights that flow from that individuality. And lastly, and perhaps my personal favorite, and you'll hear why in a minute, he said, I never submitted the whole system of my opinions to the creed of any party of men, whether in religion, in philosophy, or in anything else where I was capable of thinking for myself. Such an addiction is the last degradation of a free and moral agent. How could I not love that? He thought for himself and he said not to think for yourself, basically to sublimate your own thoughts to a religion or a philosophy or any other group or any other source is the last degradation of a free and moral agent because it is in your free will. It is in your individual agency that you were created and that you were given the tools you need to make those decisions for yourself, to think for yourself I can't end with better words. I just know that I need inspiration periodically. We all do because we live in a time when wisdom seems to be not readily available. For me, I turn sometimes to the founders and particularly to Jefferson. I hope that these quotes have given you some inspiration, maybe given you some ideas, and above all else, given you the courage to think for yourself. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again later in the week. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself.
0: Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.